It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined today by Liz Waterstrot. Hello, Liz. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm good today. How are you? I'm on a little bit of a natural high. I just came from watching my son, John, dance with the pre-professional dance company that he's a member of at his high school, and they performed at his elementary school. So it was kind of, you know, old times and just seeing, you know, senior in high school, John, and thinking about little tiny pipsqueak, John, and Oh, there were there were some tears that I shed. Uh, oh, I bet. Yeah, I bet. yeah. Particularly, they did. He choreographed a piece that is about our family during the pandemic, and it's called "You'll Be Happy." And <laughs> <laughs> all I'm thinking of is, and I know we've interviewed her before, Miss Miss Space Cadet. Yes, uh-huh, yes. Like her Mrs. interpretive dances <laughs> after runs. I'm picturing. An interpretive dance of the pandemic and what that might look like. (laughs) It's a little more high art than that. (laughs) And uh, it was so much fun because so there were just, I I mean, you don't forget, you have little kids, but I forget how little kids in elementary school are physically small and so they were all sitting crisscross applesauce on the floor they didn't even get chairs because the entire school was in this cafetorium you know part cafeteria part auditorium and so in john's piece as well as some of the other pieces there were some impressive moves and the kids would go "Ooh, (laughs) ah ah (laughs) So, so i was videotaping some of it so it was very fun to get the audience reaction and Yes, it was very fun. They um, did, It was the debut of a piece that John and I had seen a number of years ago. The company had done it before, and it's called Skia, and it is on skis. The dancers are on skis. And so because they're, you know, attached to these things, they're able to get really amazing lean and just, I mean, look like they're going off a ski slope. And then at one point, John throws himself forward onto the tips of the skis, kind of uh, imagine almost a uh, plank with skis on, and then they lift the ski straight up overhead. And the kids were like, wow. (laughs) So these are snow skis or roller skis? No, snow skis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yes. So I think I'm going to have to post some of the video on the Mother Runner's uh, Instagram stories because it's it was just it was pretty cool. So and he told me beforehand, he said, Mom, I really want to do such a good job. I want the kids to be in awe of us. Because I remember feeling that way seeing Jefferson dancers. And mm. I want them to feel that way and inspire them. So oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good kid. He's a good kid. So I unfortunately had to leave a little early. I to, there were very few other parents there. And I turned, I was like, I have to go record the podcast. <laughs> 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 yes, 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 yes. And also I'm on a, on an endorphin high because this morning on my run, I added in some bits of running on the road. First time I've run on the road. 
Oh gosh. I had 11 months. Uh, so yeah, I probably went close to a mile in my morning wow. walk. Yeah. Yeah. That's and the- always a big, that's always so nice when after an injury, you finally get back to run and it can be 30 seconds, mm-hmm. but you just, everything you love about running, you just capture in those 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Yeah. And I should mention that they were pain free. I have Good. done some running. We did it a little bit on the track at Rancho La Puerta and I did some running on a little bit of running on the track to prepare for it. And it was not pain free. And uh-huh. I just have been feeling a sense of ease in my body that I have not felt in almost a year. So, yes. So, but I, it was chilly. So I was wearing a lightweight down jacket and I'm like, okay, I'm totally overdressed, but it was so wonderful (laughs) to actually sweat. And and then I swear I ran into every neighbor there is. I was like, hi, Tom. Hi, Rocky. Hi, Justin. (laughs) (laughs) Look, guys, I'm running. I did did that. I said to our neighbor across the street, Rocky, I was like, Rocky, look at me. I'm running. I could think he, I think he was trying like, "Uh uh-huh, Sarah, that's what you do what's the big deal <laughs> they're all like why is sarah bonche out there waving frantically galloping down the street with a goofy grin on her face <laughs> so it was it was very joyous it was very joyous so yes so well that's that's sort of a little bit leads us into the topic of today we're, we're going to have four guests on today and there are gals who are shifting their fitness focus in the new year and it's either a new approach to running or a whole new sport and definitely I was spurred on by this topic for a couple of reasons one of which is again I haven't run because of bulging discs for 11 months and so I had to really redefine myself as a walker and a swimmer rather than a runner and well yes I also redefine myself as a pickleball fanatic and that that's definitely going to stick around <laughs> so also I decided it had been way too long since we talked to a bevy of regular quote unquote regular gals rather than expert or an author and I love variety and it had just been too long since we had an episode like this and finally you know the topic seems adjacent to our revamped Tuesday podcast that Dimity hosts it used to be called AMR Trains, and now it's been rebranded as Many Happy Miles, and it's focusing on forward motion instead of only running. So loads of reasons why we're doing this show. So let's dive in with our first guest. Our first guest is Camille Houghton, a longtime runner and a mom of three. Camille lives with her family in Layton, Utah, and currently she's an unemployed engineering project manager. Camille is shifting from road running. Typically, she completes about two or three marathons per year to attempting a multi-day endurance hiking event. So thanks for joining us, Camille. Oh, you're welcome. I am so excited to be talking to you. Mm, Thank you. So Camille, I understand that you've been at running for 35 years. Can you tell us a little bit about your running background? Yes. Oh, my gosh, that sounds like a long time. (laughs) So I started running in high school and I was in the Air Force. And so, of course, you have to have fitness, you know, maintain your fitness standards there. And that's where I met my husband. And so we, you know, we that was just part of our lifestyle was um, running. And then when I had my children, I didn't run probably for about 10 years. Hmm. You know, I just let my fitness slide and was busy, you know, obviously busy being a mom. So I didn't run. I didn't really do a lot for my fitness. And then when my youngest was about two, that's when I decided, okay, it's time to do something for myself again, find myself again. And that's when I really started running, which after a year or two culminated in starting to 
do marathons, which I just really enjoyed. I mean, it's almost just part of my identity is that I'm a marathon runner. I mean, I've run a marathon every year since 2010 and typically two or three marathons a year. Mm. Wow. So you're on this journey right now to complete the World Marathon Majors. And I heard you're going to run the Tokyo Marathon on March 5th. So tell us about that. And is that going to be the final marathon in the series for you? Well, no, it's not the final marathon. I still have London left to do of the six. Mm. Um, So I've, I've finished four. I'm scheduled to run Tokyo on March 5th. And then... I will decide when to run London, maybe 2024. Um, Who knows? It might be another year or two before I get that one. Mm, That is exciting. Have you ever been to Japan before or Asia? No. Well, I've been through Asia. I've I've been to Korea, Mm -hmm. but that was many, many years ago. So I'm really excited to go back. My son is going to come with me. Mm. He kind of acts as my... Oh, my support, Mm -hmm. you know, my crew (laughs) when I'm running. Mm -hmm. So Mm, that's going to be so thrilling. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it is. It's going to be an exciting trip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then post Tokyo, you're shifting to become a hiker with a purpose. So give us the details on the event you're aiming for in August. Okay. Well, it's called Everestine 29029. The goal of the event is to hike the elevation of Mount Everest, 29,000 feet. Mm -hmm. And you do that at a ski resort. There's, I think, five or six events in the States, you know, over the course of several months. So I'm doing one, and it's, it happens to be local. Living in Utah, there's a lot of outdoor benefits here, mm-hmm. and there's just a lot, you know, there's a lot of outdoor activities to do. And so we have the ski resorts, and at a local ski resort, they set it up. It, it'll be in August. And basically, you hike from the base up to the top of the ski run, and then take the gondola down. And if you do this 13 times, then you've hiked the um, elevation of Mount Everest. Ooh, wow. wow. And then that's a 36-hour event. So starting one morning, going through that entire day through the next afternoon. Wow. So after being such a dedicated marathoner, why are you taking on this new challenge? I am just, I just feel burned out of running, burned out of running marathons. I'm also, you know, I'm 53. I'm going through this, you know, perimenopause phase when my body just isn't, it's just not responding the way it used to, you know, things that I used to be able to do, runs that used to be easy are now hard. And I just feel like I'm burned out. And I was I was talking to one of my friends, I'd I'd say, you know, back in the summer, I'd say it was in August, I was lamenting, I am just so burned out of running, I just don't know what to do. And she said, you know, Camille, you don't have to run two or three marathons a year. <laughs> and that was just like my brain exploded. <laughs> like, like, what? The, because it, it had been so much a part of my identity. And so much of you know, it's just what I do. And it kind of gave me that permission, like, yeah, I I don't have to do it. But I still wanted something. You know, I need something to challenge me something to keep me motivated. And I really think that this event in August, beyond just the endurance aspect of it, I think that it's one of those types of events where you really learn a lot about yourself. Um, You learn a lot about how to keep going. Mm no matter what. And, you know, through, I mean, it's going to be hard. (laughs) I'm not, you know, in in this like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go do that. 
I, I think that that I will I'll learn a lot from doing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So tell us about your training for the event. You had mentioned on the Google form that it's twenty weeks long. Yeah. So part, I mean, part of the event is that you get a twenty week training plan, oh. and so that they really tailor it. And there's different tiers. You know, people of all different fitness levels you know, have aspirations to do this event and sign up to do this event. So they tailor it to whatever level you're at. Mm -hmm. It's not something that I have to try to piecemeal together. (laughs) It's, you know, it's daily and it incorporates walking, hiking, strength training, Mm. cross training. Mm. I think it will be a good overall plan because that's another thing about running marathons is you get to a point where you have to run so many miles (laughs) that doing anything else just really falls by the wayside. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have all these great intentions to do strength training and to maintain other things. But when you're just trying to put in mile after mile, it's hard to to maintain that balance. And so I think this plan is going to have a much better balance. I, I think it'll help me feel better. Hmm, interesting. And you said this is a series, so it's not just the one race in Utah. There's other of these at different ski resorts around the country? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's... there's other ones. I think Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. I know there's one in Vermont. I think there's one up in Canada. I want to say Whistler. I think mm-hmm. that's in Canada. Yes, it so, is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they, they're just in, in different areas. Mm-hmm. Okay. And are you training solo for this adventure or do you have friends or is that son of yours who's going to Tokyo? Who, or, or? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that I'll find some people that live in, in this area that are also training for the event. Mm-hmm. That would be the best case is if I could find people locally that I can train with. I mean, the mountains here, we're not at a lack for <laughs> um, hiking trails. You know, if you want to go hike, just be on a on a trail or you want to hike specifically to get elevation to hike up something. We have all of that here mm-hmm. within easy distance. So hopefully I'll be able to find some people. Otherwise, maybe I can wrangle some of my, you know, running friends like, mm-hmm. hey, let's, you know, let's start hiking some more. <laughs> <laughs> that they would be interested in doing that. And I think my last resort is my husband <laughs> because <laughs> one of my running friends last year, she did rim to rim down at the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. And I saw a lot of, you know, as she posted on social media, all of her training, she did a lot of training with her husband. And mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, she, you know, that was something good to do. So mm-hmm. that would be my hierarchy. Um, some of my running friends, you know, as we've talked about what we're going to be doing this year, a lot of friends in the local area say, yeah, I, I, I want to start getting out on the trails more. I want to do more trail running. Because that's one thing that's one thing that has really kept me from hitting the trails mm. is I, I just I won't go by myself. Mm. But, you know, doing that coordination and finding someone to go with you, that's sometimes a challenge. So running has been familiar to you for so long. And now you're shifting gears to something completely different and unknown. How does that make you feel? Um, It makes me feel excited. I'm really excited about it. It's just so frustrating right now running is, I don't know how to put it into words that it's just, I'm I'm just burned out Mm -hmm. and I'm not excited about running as much anymore. You know, I think if I hadn't already invested so much and worked so hard to get that entry into Tokyo, you know, that's what's making me even follow through with that one. I I think if that was one of my local races, 
uh, you know, I would probably think, oh, I'm just going to, you know, would look into either dropping down to the half or probably maybe not even running it. I'm excited about creating that space to do something else, to, to do that, that variety, the strength training, the mm-hmm. cross training, you know, probably getting on a bike a little bit more mm-hmm. and the hiking as opposed to running, 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 <laughs> mile after mile, more miles. How many more miles? You know, it, it just gets kind of tiring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you said that you're thinking yeah. about London maybe next year, 2024. Do you yeah. ever think like, mm, maybe I just won't come back to it? Or do you think because you are so close to finishing the sixth of the series that you, you know, you got to put the final feather in your cap? Yeah, definitely finishing that series of six. And then I think I will get back to running because there's a lot of other big goals that I had. I, I One of my goals is to do all 50 states, you know, run a marathon in all 50 states. And I've finished 15. Mm. So that's, you know, that's a chunk that I've done already. And then also another thing about London, it doesn't have a strict time limit. Mm. Um, Tokyo, they're pretty strict with their cutoff time and they're st- there are other strict cutoffs within the race. You mm. know, at 5K, at 10K, you oh. have to be at certain, you know, you, you have to be at certain points. Right, right. That's a bigger stressor as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't really just say, oh, I'm just going to go and enjoy. Because <laughs> right. I've, you know, I've, of all the marathons I've run, you know, some of them you have big goals. Some of them you say, oh, I'm just going to go and run and, and have fun and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't really do that in Tokyo because they're pretty strict about it. So, yeah. but London, on the other hand, is not strict. Mm-hmm. So it would be more just to go run, have fun, mm-hmm. enjoy the sights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Running a marathon is one of the best ways to see a city, to tour a city, mm-hmm. because where else would they close a city down, <laughs> close down the streets, and you're a pedestrian on foot? Mm-hmm seeing all these beautiful sights in the city. So Right, right. Oh, my goodness. Well, you're going to see some beautiful sights in August, and we wish you well on that adventure. Well, thank you. Thank you, Sarah. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Camille. We're going to take a quick pause to hear from the folks that make this podcast possible. We'll be back to speak with three more women who are shaking things up this year. Stay with us. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Our next guest is Francine Paquette, who is one of two Canadian guests on this episode. Francine lives in Woodstock, Ontario, where she's an infection control specialist and the mother of a 25-year-old daughter. Francine is another longtime runner, and she's committing this year to strength training, warming up, cooling down, and other forms of recovery while running. So welcome to the podcast, Francine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Francine, you've been at running now for over two decades. Tell us a little bit about your running history in that time. Thank you. Um, I actually started way back in university as an aerobics instructor. It was a a great part-time job and it really sort of fulfilled that moving my body kind of need that you have when you're in university. And I carried it on as I began my career. But after about 
I could say about 13 years, I wanted to find something new. And I had a, uh, a ropes instructor who was becoming a personal trainer. And she was looking for clients to help her build her hours. And in working with her as a personal trainer, she introduced me mm -hmm. to running. And it, I loved it enough that I actually moved away from teaching fitness classes. And that's when I really started to focus on uh, distance running and making part of that my, my future. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Francine, I thought of you this morning because I sprinkled in a little bit of running to my walk and then I did a cool down afterwards, did some dynamic drills. But you told me that you've been a, quote, longtime denier of warm ups, cool downs, strength training, stretching, foam rolling and the whole bit. So so what was your beef with those things? Full disclosure, when when I read the Facebook post and, and it described sort of, you know, looking for for uh, for women who were experiencing these newness to their routines, uh -huh. I thought, oh my god, it, my goodness, it was li it was literally speaking to me. <laughs> yeah, longtime denier, and and as I said, I, I was an aerobics instructor, I was a fitness instructor, so I understood the benefits and the role that. Uh, we'll, we'll focus on warm ups and mm -hmm. cool downs. It it made sense to me. I understood the science. I practiced it. What happened? I don't know how I eventually stopped doing it all, but I stopped doing it all. <laughs> I, as a runner, I did not warm up. I would leave the front door and hit the hit the pavement. It didn't matter if it was first thing in the morning or right after work. You had no stretching, the the stretching, the foam rolling, all that went to the wayside over mm. time. And I guess what was happening was that the fact that I wasn't getting injured, maybe that was validating mm. that I didn't need mm -hmm. to do it except I got injured and um, I got injured. Uh, I developed stress fractures in the fall due to uh, a whole lot of mileage and a few uh, very poor uh, shoe choices. And my feet were so badly damaged, if you will. They were hurt so badly that I couldn't actually walk comfortably. Mm. So I was off my feet for a good two, two and a half months. So that's when I had my come to realization that if I wanted to come back to running after, albeit a short break, I needed to do it smarter. And I, I needed to build into my return to running all those things. Commitment to a warm-up, commitment to foam rolling and stretching afterward to cool down, commitment to cross-training. Um, I, I often reflect on how my injury developed I was uh, did a, a number of big races this past fall, and I focused exclusively on running. I did not incorporate cross training into my plan, albeit it was in my plan. I just conveniently overlooked it, <laughs> and I needed to accept the fact that that's going to be what I had to include in order to return to running properly. And so, as we wrapped up twenty two and moved into this new year, that was my commitment. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned stress fractures in both of your heels. I, I would imagine yeah. that felt a little threatening to your identity as a very active person. Was there yeah. anything you could do or any type of cross training you were able to do to kind of cl cling to some semblance of activity? Yes. And, and I was, I was fortunate to, to a degree that I was able to, we, we have a, a bike. I was able to return to the spin bike. The doctor that I was seeing was you know, very supportive of strength training as well. There were certain exercises I, I just couldn't do, like lunges were, un uh, or dynamic lunges were uncomfortable, stationary lunges, so so. But I was able to work mm. around those exercises that felt all right. 
And by continuing to do them through the fall, it gave me confidence that, yes, this is the right thing to do. Mm. And now as we moved into 23, I was given the green light to return to running. And it's been actually quite good. Mm. I, I haven't had any hiccups. I haven't had any niggles. I'm very conservative in, in the mileage that I'm doing, but I'm really crediting it to, you know, the cross training on the bike and the weight training that I've incorporated now into my mm. routine. Nice, nice. So the line on the Google form that you filled out that convinced me that you needed to be a guest on this episode is, no longer will I look at a training cycle as just logging of kilometers. So talk more about that, please. Sure. And that was where I think I identified most. I, I've never been a runner that focused on time. It was, for me, my, my metrics has always been the mileage. And I really, really love you know, logging those miles and focusing on those miles and anything that got in the way of those miles, mm-hmm. I kind of ignored. Mm. The way I now look at my training, and I've just begun a training cycle for a half marathon, I'm no longer looking at the days where I'm fitting in the cross training. I'm now looking at the days where I'm cross training around my running mm. because I am seeing so clearly how how much better my running is because of the cross training. Mm. Um, and I, I think that realization is what's motivating me to continue with it consistently, because I, if I don't stay consistent with it, I feel that I might go back to my old habit. Mm-hmm. So as you've started doing more strength training, is this something you took on on your own? Did you have the guidance of a personal trainer, a physical therapist? Where did you begin? Well, when I went to see um, here here in Ontario, we have a, an amazing uh, sports medicine uh, facility in London, Ontario, and the sports medicine physician that I saw was able to give me some, uh, he, he did offer physical therapy. It wasn't something that I felt I needed with the stress fractures because it was you know, bone healing per se, but the exercises they provided me was where the basis that I used for the strength training in the fall. Moving forward, I'm now trying to expand it a little bit more to focus on more weight bearing and uh, more dynamic. So as I was describing the, the dynamic lunges where I can do a little bit you know, heavier lifting, it really I'm really driving it at this point, looking to my past experience as a fitness instructor, but uh, also what the uh, sports medicine physician was able to uh, recommend to me in the past. So if you could go back and, and talk to yourself, let's say 20 years ago when you were maybe first starting out on your run journey, what would you say, knowing now what you know? For sure. Um, and we hear it so often amongst this running community. We want to do this for a while. We, we, we want this to be a lifelong um, enjoyment. It's it's not something that I, I want to be, you know, look back and say, yeah, I was able to do it for five years and that was a good go of it. I'd like to I'd like to be able to carry it on into the future as well. And, you know, hoping to be able to or wishing to be able to isn't what's going to make that happen. What's going to sustain me is really looking at a holistic approach to my health and strength and wellness. So that includes the cross training. That includes listening to my body and letting it warm up before taking on the uh, the miles. Um, and maybe a little less focused on that quantifying of what my uh, or, or associating that number with my success, taking a little pressure off myself. And by looking at it in a more holistic way, I think I'm going to be able to support my body in doing this a little longer 
because it certainly was a wake-up call with the stress fractures and not being able to run at all and really not being able to you know, go for a walk at all. We've, we've seen it time and time again, an injury that changes the course of your, your fitness journey is, is challenging and, and, and in many instances life-altering. And I don't want to take that for granted. So a holistic approach is the way I'm going to move forward with mm, it. Francine, you are speaking right to what I experienced this year because, what, I, I mean, in the spring, I could barely walk. I mean, I talked about on the podcast about my son having to come pick me up from, you know, a restaurant that was a quarter mile from the Airbnb we were staying in because I just couldn't make it back to it. And uh, when you realize what might get taken away, it's like, oh, yeah, no, something's got to change. I got to be smarter about this and and not rushing back into it, even when my back was feeling somewhat better. I'm like, no, it just doesn't feel right to do it. So so did you think about, uh, the final question, did you think about maybe, uh, you mentioned you're going to be training for a half marathon. Did you think about like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll give it a while or or you just felt like, yes, now so the time is right and I've added in these other pieces? I think I think for me, um, it, it's the latter. I really did feel that the, the elements that I added uh, complemented my mm-hmm. planning. But I think my mindset is the, the biggest thing that mm. changed. And, you know, it, it really did take a lot of pressure off as well, because, well, first and foremost, I decided I'm going to run the race. I'm not going to race mm-hmm. the race. Just just that in itself, to enjoy and have the pleasure of going out there and being in, in that community to complete that event means a lot to me. So I want to do it successfully. And I, I did feel that I was ready for it. But um, most most of all, I've committed to keeping the, the changes that I've made as part of the plan. So it, it doesn't become an, an and or it becomes a, you know, this is the way it's going to be. But I, I do have to say, sir, I've thought of so many times of what you shared over the past year as I've been going through this. And, and it's, it gives it gives us hope. It gives me hope that, you know, it just takes time. Mm. And whatever that time is, it, it just depends on the situation. But mm. hope is important. Mm. It is so important. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And also, I think putting it out there. And so now you've talked about this on a podcast. And we're, you know, the community <laughs> will hold you accountable. Hey, Francine, remember what you said on the podcast? So absolutely, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, well, we wish you great success in your return to running. And thanks for sharing your story with us. My pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Our next guest and our second guest from the North is Dina Hennig, who hails from Lacombe, Alberta. And Dina's coming up on a decade of being a runner. She's the mom of a 17 and a 20 year old, and she's also a bookkeeper. And this year, Dina's plan is to focus on strength training as much as running. And she's decided not to race this year. So thanks for chatting with us, Dina. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah. All right. So this May marks your 10-year runniversary. So tell us how you got started and some of the ground you've covered in the decade since. Okay, for sure. I think like a lot of people, I started to lose weight. And so I downloaded the Couch to 5K app. Mm-hmm. I was working from home at the time. So my schedule was flexible and I fitted in whenever I could. And when the kids were at school, the first year I did a couple 5Ks and then I focused on 5Ks at first and then did one 10K and then progressed into one half marathon. After the half marathon, I was like, I don't think I ever want to do this ever again. <laughs> and I took a couple year breaks and um, yeah, and then started running again consistently in 2020 again. And I've been pretty consistent since. Nice, nice. This year, you're shifting from racing to doing more strength training. So tell us a little bit more about that shift. I think 
The main reason that I wanted to get away from the racing was just because I would always focus on that race goal. And then when I was done, I would kind of flounder and think, well, what do I do now? And I always was that person that I just ran. That's all I did. Um, I would fit yoga in every once in a while to help with stiffness. But other than that, I would just run. But I know that I'm getting to that age where I'm getting a little older, and I think that I need to start working on strengthening my muscles so that maybe I can age a little bit more gracefully mm. and um, continue running, I hope. So what does a typical week look for you now as far as strength training and let's say you're doing yoga or Pilates? What are you doing throughout the week? Well, recently I joined Many Happy Miles, so I'm using that schedule a little bit more than just making my own schedule. So I try to run a couple times a week, and then my goal is to do strength training two times a week and yoga at least once a week. Mm. I'm kind of giving myself a little bit of grace because I know if I put too much pressure on myself, I'm more likely to feel defeated. So I'm just going to say twice a week. And if I only do one, that's fine. And if I do more, then that's good too. I'm trying to be flexible and a little bit easier on myself than I normally am. That's a smart move. So, so Dina, you mentioned perimenopause factored into this shift. Could you share a little bit more details about that? Mm-hmm. I've started seeing signs of that. Like I'm, I've got that 2 a.m. night sweats mm-hmm. and kind of lack of patience and irritability. And I have no um, idea what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I, I just, it just, I've just noticed it the last couple of weeks, maybe a month where it just seems to be more regular. Mm -hmm. And I just think, you know, it's, it's probably coming. I can't deny that. And I think that if, if I can be a stronger person physically, maybe I can handle what's to come a little bit better. Mm. That's smart. That's smart. And being proactive about it rather than kind of when you're up, you know, up to your eyeballs in it. And so you're making this change now. I applaud that. Yes. Thank you. So you mentioned on the Google form that you plan on quote, setting clear intentions and writing them down. So they're always there mm-hmm. to see. So give us more details about that approach, please. Okay. Well, I'm, I get up in the morning fairly early and I'm up before everybody else. So I eat my breakfast by myself at the kitchen table. So currently I have a binder there with my calendar Mm. for the month and I, I try to plan about two weeks ahead. So it's it's right there beside me while I'm eating breakfast. And then I can think to myself, what do I have on my plate today? How am I going to fit this in? How am I going to fit that in? And I just think if it's staring me in the face right first thing in the morning, I'm more likely to stick to it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of what I'm trying to do now. It seems to be working. I'm only two weeks into January, but mm-hmm. I've stuck with it so far. And, and I'm hoping I can stick with it more. Mm, good. Good. And so it's not just fitness intentions and goals. It it could be how you're going to fit in time to, I don't know, organize your junk drawer, that type of thing. Oh, gosh, no, I'm not that organized. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's mostly the fitness goals. Okay. I'm pretty organized when it comes to work and meals and stuff. I have another calendar where I plan my meals and so it's it's just making sure that that is always in the in the front of my mind rather than in the back of my mind as I approach my day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just just finding time to fit it in, make sure that I actually do it. Mm-hmm. We're only 2 weeks into the new year and it's probably still the honeymoon phase for this. But thinking maybe 2 3 months down the road, do you feel like you're going to miss running and racing? Um 
I'm still running two to three days a week. So I don't think I'm going to miss running. That's, that's my sanity break. <laughs> that's how I deal with all of my stress. So I, I'm not going to miss running. And I don't think I'm going to miss racing because I don't really have a lot of running friends that do the race levels that I do. So when I go to a race, I'm usually by myself at the start and by myself at the finish. And, and so I don't think I'm going to miss racing nearly as much. And I don't think I'm going to miss the pressure of racing. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely um, herd of turtles through peanut butter runner. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> it, it's nice that I'm not going to put that pressure on myself anymore. And, you know, if if a charity race comes up that's local, I'll definitely sign up. But I'm definitely not going to do a huge training plan focusing only on a race. Got it. What else are you excited about in making this change? Um, I think just being easier on myself. I think that getting older... I've always put a lot of pressure on myself to hit expectations, and I'm really looking forward to just flying by the seat of my pants, I guess, and just going with the flow, planning just two weeks at a time rather than a whole 12-week training period. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to, and just just the ease of it is is probably the best perk. I love that you have that dichotomy that that you are there at the kitchen table eating breakfast by yourself with your calendar. And you have several other calendars in your life, which I'm so impressed with. And (laughs) there you are saying like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to kind of flying by the seat of my pants. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so which is it, Dina? You got calendars or you got you flying by the seat of your pants? (laughs) Well, if you knew me better, Sarah, I'm, I get accused of being OCD quite frequently, okay. except I I always say that it should be CDO because it should be alphabetical order. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. <laughs> so so planning two weeks ahead definitely is flying by the seat of the, my pants for me. Okay. okay. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I think we can learn a lot from you. And, and thanks for sharing with us, Dina. No problem. It was great. I was happy to be here. Our final guest is Sarah Bosick, a real estate agent and a mom of three school-age daughters. Sarah lives in Toledo, Ohio, and this Sarah is a newer runner who's training for her first marathon, and her big change in 2023 is diving into the pool for a coached swim class for adults. We are so glad to talk with you, Sarah, especially since Coach Liz and I are both avid swimmers. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you for having me. So, Sarah, tell us a little bit about your running well, I actually, um, I got started running in about 2003. One of my college roommates had been a pretty serious runner in high school, and some friends of ours were doing a 5K fundraiser on the beach, and she wanted to do it. And I said, running on the beach sounds good to me. Um, and our only goal was to run the whole thing, not walk or stop or take a break. And we did that, but I have no idea what my time was. And after I graduated, I started running a 5K here and there if I saw a fundraiser that kind of spoke to me. But I would basically train for like eight weeks, run the 5K, and then take the rest of the year (laughs) off. So I definitely was not serious at all. In 2010, I did my first 10K. In 2012, I did my first half marathon when I was pregnant with our second daughter. I was only about nine weeks along. No judgment. Uh And then in 2016, we moved back to our hometown and most of my high school friends had moved away. So I joined our local chapter of She Runs This Town in order to make some friends. And they positive peer pressured me into 
running more <laughs> often and in worse weather and longer distances than I ever had before. They introduced me to the idea of having a training plan rather than just going out and kind of flying by the seat of your pants. And mm -hmm. as a result of that, I did, I went from doing maybe one race a year to doing 10 races a year in 2018 and 2019. Yeah. And then 2020, well, COVID hit and I got shin splints. <laughs> so that was a, a bit of a rest year. But I decided since I'm turning 40 next year, or actually this year now, why not make it my first marathon? Which marathon are you training for? Our hometown Glass City Marathon in Toledo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice. And so you're not a newbie in the pool. So give us a few details about your swimming background. Yeah. So I grew up swimming. Uh, we had an above ground pool in our backyard and my parents wanted us to be safe and comfortable in the water. So they enrolled us in swim lessons. And then and by the time I was about nine, the swim instructor said, there's not really anything more we can teach her. <laughs> if she wants to continue swimming, we recommend joining a swim team. So I joined my local USA swim team and swam from about fourth grade through high school. Didn't swim at all in college, but around 2007, I think, I joined our local master's team, also with the intention of finding some friends. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it was mostly guys and mostly old enough to be my dad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So while I enjoyed swimming with them, the whole making friends kind of didn't work out. <laughs> You don't play bridge or golf or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I enjoyed my time and um, I found the master's swimming world to be very welcoming, a lot like the running world is. So I'm in love with the sounds of the swimming class that you do. So give us more details and, and why it is you opt to do that over solo lap swimming. Yes. So my all three of my daughters joined our local USA swim team last fall. And obviously I was over the moon about it. <laughs> um, I had kind of gently steered them towards swimming. Um, and I'm glad they bit and went with it. But being on deck and seeing them swim made me really miss swimming, smelling the chlorine, you know, watching them race. <laughs> I just missed it. <laughs> but I looked up the master's swim team practice schedule. They practice at five or five thirty in the morning. I know plenty of runners get up that early to run. That is just not me. I cannot do that hour. <laughs> so I was bemoaning this fact to a friend who is also a swim mom and also a runner. And she said, oh, well, I've been doing this coached swim class at the Y. They meet at 9.15 or 10.15, depending on which level you are. Mm -hmm. And the coach writes really good workouts. It's a great crew. I think you'd really like it. Coincidentally, there happened to be a new session of it starting about two weeks after I had this conversation. Mm. So I went and immediately signed up and it has been just an amazing experience. It's nice being back in the water. Honestly, a lot of the time, if it were just me going for like open swim, I probably wouldn't go. Mm. There's always something I think more pressing as a mom and as, you know, somebody who has a job and a house to take care of and a puppy in the house. There's always something more <laughs> pressing but I've made the commitment. I've paid the fee. It's at a certain time. So I just, most of the time, I just suck it up and go. <laughs> and it has been just a great experience. How do you feel like it's helped your running? So 
when I had shin splints in 2020, one of the things the physical therapist told me was that having a stronger core would sort of realign my gait and help me avoid shin splints. Um, I definitely have a stronger core after several weeks of swimming. I even found a new notch on my belt, which I'm very happy about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Overall, I feel stronger. I feel like it's giving me more cardio endurance. In general, I don't know if, I have, if I've been back in the pool long enough to experience this, but I know swimming in general is really good for your lung capacity and your ability to use and store oxygen, which is a huge benefit to me because I have asthma, and that has definitely held me back in running in the past. So being able to um, control my breathing and use oxygen better is a big benefit for me. Hmm. And swimming, especially lap swimming in a pool, can be pretty boring. As much as I love it, you're just looking at the bottom of the pool most of the time. So I think it's given me some mental endurance for those long runs when you're just thinking, what am I doing out here? It's been an hour and a half and I still have 30 minutes to go. Mm. But I think having been in the pool and having to kind of entertain my own brain for an hour has definitely upped my ability to deal with boredom. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. (laughs) And let's face it, as parents and working people, sometimes a little boredom and some Zen is a good thing. Oh my gosh, my mind opens so much when I'm swimming because it, there's, mm-hmm. as you said, there, there aren't very many sensations. I do adore the sensation and sound of water, but it's very freeing to not be looking at a screen, not be having people in your face or yeah. you know, stirring something on a stove or whatever. It's just like, wow, okay, there, yes. there I, th- I thought of solutions that I was looking for. Um, I have to ask, have you found friends in this class? Because that was, it sounds like that's been one of your motivations to, to joining groups. Yeah. And actually, oddly enough, a couple of my running friends were in the class last fall and didn't sign up for this session. I feel like maybe I chased them away. But I've I've really enjoyed meeting and talking with a lot of the other people. There are some moms who are around my age, who have kids around my kids age, mm. who understand kind of, you know, the daily struggles and who enjoy swimming and talking about swimming and other goals they have. And they even had a little Christmas get together at a restaurant and, and did gifts for the coach and everything. Unfortunately, I had to miss that because my oldest daughter had the flu the week before Christmas. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So and describe what some of the workouts are are like. I mean, how do you find them? Are they pretty similar to the master's workouts that you used to do with your with your gray haired gentleman friends? Or is it different? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're pretty similar. There's, you know, there's generally a warm up, a few main sets and then a cool down. And the coach will have kind of a themed day. Sometimes it's a lot of sprints. Sometimes it's some longer things. The most recent one was kind of an IM focused. So we did mm. 75s that were alternating between fly back breast and back breast free. Mm. And as a former IMer, I loved that, especially mm. eliminating <laughs> some of the fly, but still giving you that IM feeling. Mm-hmm. And leading up to Christmas, she was giving us workouts that were Christmas carol themed. <laughs> one of my favorites of those was the 12 days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. So each each set, you would repeat the previous set and then add on a little bit. Oh, So yeah. by the time you get to the 12th day, you're doing like 700 yards straight. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It, yeah. was, it was pretty grueling. That I think was the longest one we did at a little over 3,000 miles, or th- sorry, 3,000 yards. Um, but generally, they're about 2,000 to 2,500 yards in about an hour. Mm-hmm. Great. So once your marathon is in your rearview mirror, what do you envision the the mix of your workouts to be? It sounds to me like you're going to stick with the swimming. 
I think I'm going to stick with the swimming. It feels really good. And when you're doing four or five run workouts a day, it can, it can get uh-huh. a little monotonous. Mm-hmm. But the the swimming has given me a little bit of a mental break from the running. It's given me some socialization during all the working at home. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think I am going to stick with it and, and hopefully keep it in the mix. Nice. All right. Well, we wish you many happy laps in the pool. And uh, thanks for sharing with us, Sarah. Thank you. It was great to be on. Nice to meet you. You too. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to these ladies and maybe one or all four of them inspired you to add a little diversity to your workouts this year. I know that I found surprising enjoyment in switching things up last year, even though it was a forced upon me. So whether you were forced or choose to, you can find some enjoyment and, you know, spice things up a little bit. So, all right, well, hope you're going to join us this year at one of our retreats, either Redmond, Oregon, which is June 9th through 12th, or we're returning to Hilton Head Island this time, November 3rd through 6th. They're both awesome four day, three night, bunch of us congregate, get together, we run together in Redmond, we do hiking, and we bring in expert speakers, we have all the meals, there's a fabulous karaoke evening that don't scoff. I tell you, there are people there dancing, there is singing, there are people who just want to be in the audience. That's totally fine. And uh, just lots of laughs and conversations and making of friends, just like that last Sarah was looking for. So really hope you're going to join us for one of those again, either in Redmond, Oregon, and in the high desert of here in Oregon in June or Hilton Head Island in November. And if you think, well, Sarah, I can't pay for that. It's January. I just bought a whole bunch of presents for people. Never fear. We have a firm, which is a payment plan on our site that lets you pay in increments. So hope you're going to join us and you can find all the details and register at anothermotherrunner.com and click on the events tab. And our Redmond, Oregon event is close to selling out. So if you've been kind of thinking about it and been on the fence about it, now is the time to hop off that fence. Our podcast day was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Medore from Fire on the Bluff. Uh. Oh, oh, hello, dog. My neck, <laughs> we'll start over. Hold on.